Okay, are you starting? Yeah. <laughs> do I have to say what's the crack you comrades? Do okay. What's the crack comrades? We are back with another episode. Uh, we were definitely not gone for a year. Yeah, we, we actually have been uploading episodes. You just haven't been seeing them and that's on you. Yeah. This no, is actually episode 75. There's been loads of episodes very <laughs> consistently. Like, did you Literally forget every there, week? There, it's there, your fault yeah. that you didn't see them. Um, uh, yes. So, what are we talking about this week? Well, first, we have some announcements to make. <laughs> okay. First of all, it's Andrew Garfield's birthday as we are recording this. Probably right. not when we upload it, but it should be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So, happy birthday and rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and why are you saying rest in peace? Just so they know Because what... he's, he's dead. He's he, like, de- yeah, yeah, okay. he died after Angels, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, any other announcements? Uh, oh, I'm moving to Russia. Yeah, so we're going to eventually figure out how to do a podcast in different countries Which from can't, each other. It can't be done. Yeah, I, but we can also barely do it when we're in the same room, so yeah. we'll see. I'll have to learn how to use a computer. Which is not going to happen. No, once I do that, we will continue <laughs> to upload just as we have been uploading every other Super week. Super consistent. Yeah. Literally never miss a week, mm-hmm. never miss a day. So that will continue. We can expect more of that. <laughs> uh, is that it? I think that's it. Is there anything else? Oh, do we want to talk about, uh, for those for those of our listeners who haven't listened to our 72 episodes, <laughs> uh, what we've been up to recently? <laughs> Um, like, what have we been up to? I don't know, what movies have we seen recently? The last movie I saw, what's the last new movie I saw? Midsummer, I think. Oh yeah, we both saw Midsummer in the cinema and it was bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> okay, it was not as good as Hereditary. Um, let me check your letterboxed. What did I give it? Uh, I can't you probably rated it too high because you don't like giving low <laughs> ratings. I don't like. Okay, I don't like being mean to movies because so many people worked so hard on it, and I think they should uh, get more. You gave it three stars, which is too high. <laughs> no, I think three stars is reasonable. Why did you give Rocket Run four and a half? Oh, that's another movie <laughs> we saw. Yeah, we saw Rocket Run. I, I didn't like it. Amazing. It was bad. It's great. It's bad. You can't. You always say every movie that you see is bad, and no, that's some, not fair. No, some movies are good. Let me see what I watched that I liked. Name one good movie. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> if you have to look for it, that's but pretty I I do not remember any movie I have ever seen. That's why I have Letterboxd. I see. Okay, well, apparently I didn't... Oh, I liked Us. I liked Us. There we go. Us okay. was good. You also complained about it, though. What did I say about it? I don't remember, but I, I remember you I liked it. Oh, and I liked Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I forgot about... I that forgot that good. that happened. Oh, I also saw um, the new Spider-Man movie. Is which. That- Oh yeah, 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 which was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, fun. it was great. Marvel did something interesting for once, did one they? time. They did. Interesting. I, I liked it. I, I mean, thought Jake, it was Jake Hall's face was very interesting, and I think they should do more of that. Sure. They also toned him down a lot in that they movie, did. which I was disappointed. If you guys have any interest in Jake Gyllenhaal, I'd recommend Okja, because that's one of his greatest performances he that he's ever done. He should have gotten a fucking Oscar for that role. Brilliant. 
Uh, and that's what he should have been in Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. They that's what he wanted to do. I could see it in his eyes. They're but just, they, they yeah. were like, no, he was down. He was going all like gay coded Disney villain. And <laughs> he they was. Were like, and no. they should have let him. They were like, no, that's too much. Please, uh, less of that. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it was fine. It was fun. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. Uh, I think we can dive into this. Weeks. Yes. So, <laughs> what are we talking about this week? This week we're comparing two movies, actually. We are, and it's the first time we've done that in our seventy-five. <laughs> um, but that's something that I have wanted to do from the outset of this podcast because I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. The two movies we are comparing are Gaslight from nineteen forty-four, not nineteen forty, and Dragonwick from nineteen forty-six. Wasn't it nineteen six? No, and. Imagining things. Yeah. Go on. Uh, so I think we should start by talking about why, well, uh, why I chose these two movies because Casey had not seen them. Yeah, I had I seen was them. forced. Uh, against my Okay, own. number one, because I I guess like the main reason I chose them to do for this episode was because we have only been talking about new movies. And I yeah. have never seen a movie after like nineteen seventy, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I need to, I need to watch some old movies and talk about old movies. Yeah. And these two go well together, and they're yeah, yeah, that's it. And also a very important thing that we will talk more about later is Vincent Price and how is he how he is connected to both of these movies. Yeah, because for some reason Sam has it weird obsession with Vincent Price that I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. And I haven't had the opportunity to talk about Vincent Price on this podcast yet, (laughs) so I will get to do that. In all our 75 episodes, you somehow managed not to bring it up. Uh So. So the format of this episode is we will talk about each movie separately and then compare them, but knowing us, we will be comparing them throughout the episode also. Yeah. We Uh, don't have a structure, so we're going to see how it goes. Um, okay. Do you want to start? Uh, we're starting with Gaslight, aren't we? Sure. Would you like to offer a synopsis? Um, Gaslight is about this guy (laughs) who sucks, which is not going to be... Anyway, it's about this guy who sucks, and so this woman, the main woman, what's her name? Um, in the movie that we watched, her name is Paula. So Paula... The, start, the movie starts out with her at a singing lesson and she's talking about how she's not that interested in singing or like eating or breathing or anything because she's in love with this guy and he's like her whole world and stuff. So yeah, we go and we finally meet the guy. What's the guy's name? Uh, Gregory, I believe. I thought it was like George or something. No, it is Gregory. Gregory, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah. yeah, 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 I have the IMDb here. His name is Gregory Anton. So, we meet Gregory, and him and Paula seem to be very much in love, super into each other, and so they decide to move in together, back in Paula's, like, old home. I like get married. This is the 40s. They do get married. I mean, yeah, but that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> they move in together. And it's Paula's... Um, old home where her, like, aunt was murdered. Yes. So. Oh, we should mention, in there's some, like, the opening of the movie is, like, a flashback where Paul is, like, very upset 
on the night that her aunt is murdered, but yeah. they don't ha- they don't give you all of the information right away. We basically just see her being very upset and being taken away. Yeah. So we find out her aunt was murdered in this house, but um, Gregory's like super into the location because it's like a square in London that's where he wants to stay so um he convinces Paula to move back into this house and they go in and all her aunt's stuff is like still there um which makes her upset so Gregory has this brilliant idea that they'll move all their her aunt's old stuff into the like a floor like the top floor of the house um, and then seal it off so she doesn't have to be bothered by her aunt's things anymore. So they do that, and they're living together for a while, and it's great. And then we see Gregory is, like, making her think that she's crazy. Um, he is gaslighting <laughs> her. What? Turns out he's gaslighting her. Um, he's doing stuff like, like telling her that she loses things and telling her that she regets things and putting stuff in her bag and then taking it out and making her think that she's lost it. Um, Crazy stuff like that. Basically makes her think she's imagining things. So um, that's where the term gaslighting comes from because it like... Should we offer a definition of gaslighting? Sure, what's the definition? Well, if you've been on Twitter, you might think that gaslighting means people disagreeing with you <laughs> online. And that is actually what it means. It is, yeah. That's actually yeah, the Especially definition. if you disagree with me, personally, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Okay, according to, like, Googling gaslight, it means <laughs> manipulate someone by psychological means into doubting their own sanity, which is what we see happening Yeah. in this movie and in the play. I believe the term comes from the play originally, maybe? Because the play was pretty popular before the movie. Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's gaslighting her and she, you see her like slowly start to lose her mind. She stops leaving the house and she stops talking to people because she feels like she can't trust herself in her own mind and this is very distressing for her. Um, and then she meets, yeah, this guy, what's the guy's name? The detective. The He's a detective. He's not a cop. <laughs> cops are not detectives and detectives are not cops. They're two different things. Detectives are valid. We're learning, are so, cool. we're learning so much today. <laughs> none of that is true. <laughs> uh, apparently his name is Brian Cameron. No, it wasn't. It was like Jeff or something. According to IMDb, yeah. I, that doesn't no, sound familiar. No, Jeff might have been the other movie. No, no, the other, the other. That's definitely the other movie. Okay, so his name is Brian, and he's been seeing um, Gregory around town, and he's been very suspicious of him. Um, so, one day he goes up to the house and goes to Paula and tells her that Gregory is actually. Um, he knows Gregory from before when he was working on her aunt's murder case. And Gregory used to play the piano for her aunt, who was a performer. She was an opera singer. An opera singer. And it turns out that he was after her aunt's jewels that she had hidden from the world and nobody knew where they are. So the reason Gregory had decided to um, put all her aunt stuff in one place was so he could go and search through them to try and find these jewels that no one could ever find. Um, and what happens in the end? Uh, uh, like, so in the end, 
So the, Gregory has found the jewels, which in this version, I'll get into this, but in this version, the jewels were in the aunt's dress. The, which like, is the, a great place to hide like fancy jewels. Yeah, the, like the famous dress that she was painted in, that she performed in, that was given to her by some like Russian aristocrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the idea is like everyone was looking at them, but they had no idea. Hidden in plain sight. Yeah, and so he's found the jewels, but then also the cop dude has told Paula (laughs) about him. Cop dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so they're onto him, and so they, like, and they have some sort of plan. I'm not sure, like, they're they're gonna arrest him. Something. Do they have a plan, or do they kind of just see what happens? I felt like everyone just, like, he just left, and they were like, oh, we'll see what happens when Gregory comes <laughs> I'm back. Not sure. But anyway, the cop, like, leaves for a moment and leaves Paul at home, and then Gregory comes home and and kind of, like, make, gets her to admit that there was a man here, uh, because, oh, because while the cop was there, he broke Gregory's desk open to yeah. look for things and so he notices that his desk has been broken open and he's like Paula why did you do this and she's uh, like he's yelling at her and so eventually she's like oh no it was him it was the man uh, but then he brings up the not the not the maid the cook did she have a name? Um, no. Elizabeth Elizabeth he brings up Elizabeth the cook and t- interrogates her, but she desi- decides to lie to him, like she agreed to with the cop, kind of. I mean, that's what it seems like, but we don't see any of that, yeah. so I thought she was we'll just get, like, We'll get into that decision, because I think it's interesting. Um, so she lies to him, and she's like, there was no man here, and so he's just like, oh, well, clearly this is working, and what is going crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so that gives them enough of, like, a moment to distract him and not have him, like, run over the place, and then the cop comes back, and he's like, oh, me? I'm the figment of her imagination, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, Wah. and then they're gonna... <laughs> And then they, like, tie him to a chair or something, and then... Yeah. And then he, like, leaves again. I don't know what... The, the cops I don't know, know what they're Paula, fucking like, doing. Paula, like, asked to talk to him in private. Does so. he? Does she? Okay, yeah. I feel like... I feel like... Uh, that's not great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, he shouldn't have let her, but she did ask. So, yeah, he, like, but anyway, and then you have, like, the heart of the movie that is, like... In, what's her name? Ingrid... I can't pronounce her name. Ingrid Bergman, like, showing off her acting skills in, like this great scene where she like goes off and the guy and she's like no I can't save you because I'm mad yeah. and it's like it's great yeah it's cool and yeah is that the and end she stabs him does she I don't think oh, she, she stabs stab him, him. <laughs> she was going she to would stab go to him. jail I mean I think she should have stabbed him I mean she's so hold, she holding a knife because he's like cut me open and she's like what knife I'm not holding a knife <laughs> do you see a knife here and it's, it's a fun time it's great so, yeah. what, what do we want to talk about? Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought Ingrid was very cool. She is. Have you not seen her in anything else? No, I don't watch old movies. Wow. Well, like, well, she's like I famous. live in the real world. Like, oh, I could bet that's not, that's not. There's a snail that I'm watching outside in the garden. It's very distracting. Wow. It's moving around. Anyway. Do you want to describe it for our listeners since you're so interested <laughs> in the snail? It's like small and it is, it's moving pretty quickly for a snail. It's like. I think people think that snails are a lot slow, like slower I don't know. than they See, it doesn't, you, I can't see it moving while I'm looking at it, but then every time I glance back, it's like, boom. <laughs> it's like the, the, the angels in Doctor Who. 
great. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, okay. So a fun thing. Oh, wait, I was going to tell you. Yeah, Ingrid Bergman is like famous and you should watch her. I probably movies. will. Okay. I'm, if this experience has shown me that I actually do like watching old movies. Yay. I guess I'm not too cool for movies that have been made before 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, okay, so one thing I want to talk about is I, well, we have been preparing this episode for months now, so... Um, Sam has. I have not, because I've been busy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, life and stuff. I, at one point, I read the play while I was waiting to do an exam because I didn't want to study. <laughs> <laughs> So I have I have read the play I have seen the movie uh, that we are talking about but I also watched the other movie that was made in nineteen forty in the UK. Yeah, why didn't we talk about that one? Why do you not like that one as much? Oh well, we will talk about some differences. The main difference between the nineteen forty four one and the nineteen forty one is that the nineteen forty four one is good and the nineteen forty one is not so good. Um, sure. Uh, oh, a fun fact I found out is when they remade it in 1944, MGM tried to destroy all of the copies of the 1941 and gaslight the <laughs> audience into thinking it had never happened. This is this is very the only, fitting. This is the only gaslight movie that is yeah, happened. What are you talking about? There was no one. Yeah, uh, but yes. Um, the acting is better in 1944. The, in in 1940. The woman doesn't really have much of an interiority to her. Also, her name is not Paula. We will talk about this because there's some changes that make no sense. Okay. Uh, namely, her name in the play, I think, from what I remember, and in the UK version, is Bella. Then she becomes Paula. What do we think of this change? <laughs> Why? Um, Paula's a better name. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's called Bella. It's overused. Who's called Bella? But from Bella from Twilight. <laughs> because they knew Twilight was going to uh, happen and they didn't want to be associated uh, Yeah, that makes sense. It. That makes sense. So that was a smart decision. Yeah, on their part. Okay. Um, then the... the oh, husband. we will talk about Twilight at some point. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this I, I subscribe to a particular form of like film analysis where I oh, wow. where I observe every film through the lens of Twilight and <laughs> comparing it to Twilight. <laughs> so well, what other movie is even good enough to compare movies yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. No, no other movie has had the same cultural impact. I know that you're joking, but like you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something. Anyway, oh yeah, and on the topic of acting, I also think the 1944 one is just because the acting is good and it's, like, well-written and because they take the time to, like, drag it out a bit to make it more cinematic, I think it's, like, at least half an hour longer than the 1941. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're way better at portraying abuse. The 1941, the husband kind of seems like a stereotypical, like, cartoonish villain to me. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, what he's doing is, like, relatively subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, yeah. like, and I, then. I think the 1944 one, because it drags it out, is way better at showing that. And they're very good at, like, you can see, like, you can see the way it starts, where he's just, like, casually, like, oh, you're, so, you're always forgetting things. And at first it's just like, oh, am I? Like, it's just, it creeps up. And then it's yeah. through repetition that it starts... 
like uh, ramping up yeah being more noticeable uh-huh other differences um yeah i think i mentioned that the 1944 one gets much more into bella slash paula's like interiority and her emotions i think that's partly because of acting but i think also just the way the whole film is like framed the 1941 also opens with a flashback which we don't get in the play because the play is all set in the same room like once they are married uh, and the films both try to add to that but in the 1940 flashback it, they start out by showing us the crime happening uh, and they basically show us exactly what happened okay um so which i think is supposed to be kind of like a hitchcocking and kind of like bomb under the table thing uh if people aren't familiar with the thing it's like the idea that you like you show the audience the bomb under the table but the characters don't know it's there so then you're waiting for it to go off so it's the suspense uh so once you've seen exactly what happens you're like waiting for it to come up right um they don't show like the husband's face but like we we know yeah we know (laughs) (laughs) um whereas in the 1944 one like i said like it's it's much more gradual the way the crime is introduced right Uh, you don't know right away what happened to paula you basically just see her reaction so like from the beginning it's about her it's about her emotions more than anything else yeah it's not about the crime the crime is like, it's about the abuse. The crime is just there as, like, the gothic romance metaphor to talk about something real. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay, uh, another difference is Bella had a puppy. <laughs> Paula doesn't. Honestly, that I think that's the worst the decision they made. That's the big mistake. What, what do you think that means? I don't know. What does that mean? Everything means something. I think it's a way for them to, like, have her, like, show her, like, maternal, like, vulnerability. Something. That's true. Because, like, they're, I guess, like, people are less likely to, like, um, like, see them, like, have empathy for her. Mm hmm. And so, like, giving her, like, making her a kind of mother figure would encourage people to, like, care about her as a character especially because like it's the 40s and she's a woman so yeah, we're, like, like people didn't give a shit women have emotions they have kids sometimes <laughs> yeah women so. didn't have emotions but like mothers maybe did you, you so. should care about women because you have a mother and yeah. you want women to have like, your like, babies someone didn't care about your mother like yeah. that would be crazy uh-huh. anyway um da-da-da. oh okay a big change that is also kind of not big because it doesn't really make any difference is <laughs> related to the mystery of the of the jewels. I mentioned that in the nineteen forty four version they are in the dress in the play, and in the nineteen forty version, if I remember right, they are actually in the brooch that he gives to her in the beginning. So it's like, whoa, she had them the whole time. But he gives her the brooch, so yeah, he but would have had them. No, he does. He yeah, but Jan she keeps it. I think. In this, I don't remember. My notes don't make any sense. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, it's in the brooch that he gave her that, and he didn't know they were there. There's like a secret compartment. Okay. What do you I think like the dress just... one better? But what what do you think the dress represents? I don't know. What does the dress represent? I don't know. I'm asking <laughs> you. I, I I can't analyze movies. I only compare them to Twilight. 
Okay, and I can analyze movies. Yeah, I don't yeah. watch movies. Okay. <laughs> but I think, like, obviously, the brooch is trying to like tell you something about herself, and like how the strength was within her the whole time, <laughs> or something like that. Because she does, even though there is kind of a savior character, he doesn't like swoop in and save her. She does kind of have to do it herself. Yeah. And look within herself. It kind of just gives her an opportunity to free herself from the abuse that she was stuck in. Yeah, I do want to talk about him, uh, because there were some differences in him as well. Uh, the 19- and by him, we mean the, the detective. Cop, the cop, yeah. Detective, not cop. cop. <laughs> in the, 19, the 1944 version is American, even though it is still set in the UK. Uh, but they make the cop American. Mm-hmm. Because... Americans are good and will save the day. <laughs> oh, I do want to hate this guy so much. Uh, they also Maybe make they him... just cast an American guy. You don't know. They also like make him hotter because in like the original play, he's just some dude. Like, and he's not. There's no question of him being like a potential love interest for her. And they don't explicitly bring this up in the new one, but I feel like because he's like hot and there, you're like, oh, so she's gonna get with him now. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end they did hint at it. Yeah, yeah. There's no They're, like suggest- staring into each other's there's eyes. Like- no suggestion of that originally. I also I took some notes from the play because I I hated the guy so fucking much. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to show this. Oh yeah, so his name is Ruff in the play, and at the end when he comes and then he's about to leave, Bella alone he uh, there's some lines where he's like you have to keep your head stop making a fool out of yourself um so i think it shows how even even he is like treating her as irrational and emotional because he's a woman so like the abuse that her husband throws towards her is just the same thing that society is already like doing like, uh, yeah, he's just he's just doing the same thing. I suppose you could argue, like, if that was being made today, that could have been a statement, but, like, it was made in the 40s, and so that's just how, like, people treated women. <laughs> he also, I think the play makes it very explicit that he isn't saving her and she has to do it herself. He offers her, like, quote-unquote courage, like, telling her to drink alcohol so she'll, like, be ready for him. Um, but right. in, uh, but she refuses, and in the end, she summons it herself. Wow, she's a superhero. Yeah, and yeah, uh, there aren't huge differences other than that. I don't think. Okay. Um, well, I it doesn't sound like the nineteen forties version was that much worse. You're just being. It's just baby. in terms. It, it's just not as well put together. I think. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. oh, a big. Wait, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep going. Something that we see... I want to get into, like, the cultural politics now. (laughs) Well, something that we see in all versions is the topic of bigamy, which I've noticed was a huge deal back in the day. No one talks about bigamy nowadays. It's not, like, a huge scandal. Oh, bigamy is when you're married to, like... It's... Based on the word, it should be two people. I think they use it for, like, multiple people. Uh, Which, obviously, you can't actually legally be married to multiple people. Uh, which is why it is a crime. <laughs> so when you find out that someone has committed bigamy, it means like their second wife isn't really their wife or whatever. In all versions of Gaslight, we find out they are not actually married because he has a secret wife in another country. <laughs> the scandal! We don't scandal. have that nowadays because people seem to just get divorced. 
Uh, but That's back true. in the day, this was a big fear. That I mean, secret wives are still kind of a thing. A little They bit. are, yeah. But I don't think the bigamy itself is the problem. Like, in That's the true. legal sense and in the, like, marriage sense, it's yeah. more just, like, cheating is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that talk that says something about, uh, according to my notes, this complicates the play's relationship to heteronormative family. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think it... It questions whether it's condemning, like, the heterosexual marriage as, like, fundamentally unsafe for women, or if this is only, like, bad because it wasn't a real marriage, because he was, like, not following the rules established in society about what a marriage should be like. Yeah, I feel like it's more the second one. Yes. You know, trying to paint him as, like... Like the worst guy. Yeah. Like he's a super bad guy. So, like, usually heterosexual marriage is like great for women, but this one guy, <laughs> like, this guy. Yeah, it's all his fault. <laughs> like, you can marry a different man and maybe he'll, like, be cool. But yeah. It's just yeah. this guy who's bad. Actually. And also, while we're on the topic, this is also like, it's, it was also a bad marriage because he wasn't English. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's made pretty clear. Uh, although in the play, I don't think I don't think he's is he described as quote unquote foreign. Let me see. I don't think he is, uh, and I I have not seen the play when it was performed in the forties or thirties, so I cannot speak to how. Why didn't you see the play? I'm sorry. What's the reason? I wasn't, I wasn't, like, alive. <laughs> I don't think that's an excuse. You're right. But uh, it could be something that was added to the movies. It is definitely in both movies. Yeah. Uh, a scene that was added to the 1944 movie is the one where they go and look at the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. And you see how, like, he's greedy and wants jewels. Oh, but is that what that was yeah. about? <laughs> but because of the way the scene is set up, I think you can't divorce his, his, like, his, because the jewels are, like, so connected to British royalty, you can't not see it as a foreigner, like, looking in on British wealth and wanting it. Yeah. Um, it's slightly complicated by Paula herself being, quote-unquote, not English, as she said in the movie, because there's that, that little woman, and she's like, you're yeah. not English, and she's like, no, and not, it's not specified. Yeah. Uh, Ingrid Bergman herself is Swedish. As people probably know. Yeah, everyone knows that, of course. Yeah, but also, no, but also, I feel like she's more English than she, than he is because they make a point to point out that she did grow up in England and her aunt was possibly English. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's still an evil foreigner. <laughs> da, da, da. What else did you have? Anything you wanted to make? Any particular comments? No. Cool. <laughs> I just liked it. Uh, oh, do we want to talk about the little woman who like loves horror books and is just like around? Oh yeah, she was. That was me. I love her. She literally brought up like murder to every person within like two like sentences of meeting them. That was very relatable. I mean, loved she's. Her. I'm pretty sure she is meant to be like an audience like insert like. Yeah. Yeah. But no, she was cool. And yeah, like the foreshadowing, like on the on the train, she's like, I'm reading this like this bluebirdy, uh, a bluebeardy book about this this man, and he had like I can't remember what she said exactly, but it's definitely about like men who have like murdered their wives or whatever. So it's like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Great train conversation. Yeah, uh, she was fun. She was. Um, uh, anything else? 
I wanted to talk about a bit more. I, I know we don't want this to be too long because we're talking about two movies. So I'm going to make this quick, but I wanted to talk a bit more about the portrayal of abuse. Uh, as we've said, they made it like they show how it's very gradual, the process of gaslighting. Um, then I he also uses reverse psychology in a way that I think was portrayed well. He's like when, when he's talking about moving to London and she's like, oh, well, uh, and he's like, oh, no, I would never ask you to go back to that house, yeah. even though he's made it clear that she, he wants to. And then she's like, no, no, we will. I will do this for you. Yeah. And which I think was made a lot easier for him because like as a woman she's expected to like not make things difficult for him mm-hmm. and she didn't want to be a burden be a bother so she was mm-hmm. trying to be this like good like wife and make things as easy for him as possible which just made it like easier for him to manipulate her cuz he doesn't want to he doesn't want to start out by like ordering her around and like criticizing her overtly he wants her to think he's a great guy and so everything bad is like her fault yeah exactly uh, I think it also uses humor as like a form of abuse very well because that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, I so yeah, humor always serves a function. In case you didn't know, it is never Shocking. just. It's never just a joke. Jokes like <laughs> do things. Uh, <laughs> By the way, jokes do things. They do. Humor serves a social function in conversations. It, it It's a way to construct relationships. Yeah. And it is very related to power. Humor is often used as to either bond or to distance. Mm-hmm. And in his case, he uses it as an attack. Because then he can be like, oh, I'm just teasing you. It's like yeah. he can soften it while actually, yeah, abusing yeah. her. <laughs> and... Yeah, I think they do a great job of showing, like, nowadays, I guess, because people use the word gaslighting so liberally, people don't see it as a, as big of a deal, mm-hmm. but I think they do a really good job of perfect, portraying just how much it was affecting her, because mm. it was just, like, little things he was saying, like, making her think she would forget things, or making her think, like, she wasn't always, like, she making her think that like she couldn't trust herself but that like stopped her from leaving the house Mm -hmm. because she wasn't able to like she wasn't able to she thought she wasn't perceiving the world correctly and that can have a fucking huge effect on someone so gaslighting isn't just like a thing like a little thing that people do that can be brushed off it's a fucking it's a big deal it is just in case you didn't know fun fact Uh, it's not disagreeing with people it's not the same thing. I mean, it also is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you basically said exactly what I was going to say next, which I talked about uh, what, what the phrasing I used, because I'm very pretentious in my notes, was abuse promotes self-surveillance, and she internalizes his gaze. Yeah. So she kind of does the work for him, eventually. Like She just remembers like what he would say in every situation. She starts leaving the house, and then because she feels his gaze on her, she's monitoring herself, she's like checking that she isn't like doing everything, so she's very, like she's basically, she, no one is physically keeping her in the house, she's doing it to herself, but it's because he's in her head all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. It is. <laughs> Abuse. <laughs> Bad. Okay, do we want to move on to Dragonwick and then eventually start comparing? How are we for time? That's fine. Yeah.
I mean, we'll see how long it is after I edit it. Oh, another thing. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I, I finally, I wanted to say a bit more about the cop, because fuck cops. <laughs> um, so, did you get the part where he... He's a detective. <laughs> did you get the part where he tells that other cop to date Nancy just to spy on them? Yeah, he does. Yeah, because he's like, it's like really weirdly homoerotic, the scene. Like, <laughs> it actually was. And he's like, hey, are you single? Yeah, okay. yeah they have um, a maid that they just hired named Nancy. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about we her. It's Angela Langsbury. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's cool. Um, so yeah, they hired this maid called Nancy, and she's working very closely with, um, what's his name? Gregory? Yeah. Yeah, she, like, has a hand in um, making Paula think she's crazy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Or the, or this is all over the place. On the topic of abuse, uh, he's very, like, the way abusers will either isolate you or expose you to people is done very well. Like, he will mostly isolate her, but then he will very strategically have people around so he, he can humiliate her. And we see them yeah. with the servants, who he's obviously, like, in control of because he pays them and tells them what to do. Yeah. Uh, so he has power over them. And also, when she, like, when she finally asserts herself and, like, gets the uh, gets him to like go out with her to that event he like turns that against her makes her never want to go out again because he uses it as an opportunity to humiliate her in front of everyone yeah that's another reason why she like begins to isolate herself because Mm -hmm. he every situation with their other people around she's humiliated so she's like i guess i just won't be around people then which is another way of like making her more vulnerable because she's always alone she doesn't have anyone mm-hmm. else to turn to but um, also because he's using like the serpents against her even in her own house yeah she's yeah, yeah. there's no peace but yeah uh so yeah the, the cop goes over to the other cop and he's like hey are you single <laughs> i have a job for you and then he gets her to date nancy who knows nothing about this she just thinks he's into her just so he can sign these people which is a very cool thing to do listen He's a detective, and sometimes you have to do things that are maybe not good for the greater good, and um, that's what it's totally, about. Totally. <laughs> uh, oh, and they get Angela, Angela Lansbury to talk about musicals and talk about how great English musicals are and sing a little song, which I thought was fitting because she is a musical, in case he doesn't know because she's not, like, cultured. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Will we move on to Dragonwick? We will. The one where the cousins... Yeah, would you like to elaborate? <laughs> um, okay, what are the names of all the people in Dragonwick? I have IMDB open here. This is the one that that guy is in. You can start this one, I started the last one. So there's this girl. There is. Uh, yeah, what's her name? I don't know. You said you Miranda, know. her name Her name is Miranda. Was her name Miranda the whole time? <laughs> And she is a nice little religious Protestant girl who lives in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. She was from a small farm in Connecticut. And she lives with her family. Yeah. Her Uh, parents and hardworking Americans. (laughs) They are your um, 
your picture perfect classic American family. (laughs) They work hard for what they have. And they read the Bible. They're super religious. They go to church and they're like good people. Yeah. (laughs) And then one day her mother receives a letter from a wealthy cousin Mm -hmm. called Nicholas Van Rin. Also Vincent Price. Who is Vincent Price. And he's like, yo, can't, like, your daughter, well, I don't know if he, like, does, I don't know, but you, there is an invitation. Yeah, there's an invitation, like, one of your kids can come mind my kid, and they will get to live in my fancy, um, castle place. Yes, we can talk about that decision, that's an interesting decision to want to hire one of your, like, poor cousins. Yeah, Uh, don't like it, it was weird, I don't know why they like allowed it to, I mean I suppose I don't know how things were back then but that was I okay. thought it was like weird I mean like I cause because she's specifically working as like a governess a governess isn't a job that you would give to anyone like you wanted to be the right kind of people no but like your cousin though. yeah so you she's like she's not just like anyone she's not some I Irish mean... maid as we will talk about <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, yeah but um, she is poor, so he does control her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's like, yay, I get to like, move out of this farm, I get to go live with rich people, I want to do it, daddy. <laughs> and he's like, no, you must stay on the farm and read the Bible. And she's like, okay, oh, does this happen? I'm pretty sure this happens in the movie as well, doesn't it? Where she's like, oh, I'll open the Bible and see yeah, what God Yeah, it was actually says. very cool, because... Um, yeah, she was trying to, like, convince her dad. It was, like, after dinner, she was trying to convince him that the reason that she thought she would go was because she heard a calling from God, and God was like, I think you should go. And so her dad was like, okay, you can open open the Bible on a random page, and we'll read it out, and we'll see, depending on what um, you read, is, like, what the decision is. So they read out a passage from the Bible, and apparently that means that she's allowed to go. I don't remember what the passage was. I don't, I, but I think something about, like, Abram or whatever. I think there was a shepherd involved. It doesn't matter. Isn't God a shepherd? <laughs> no, there was a few shepherds. Yeah. There are loads of shepherds in the Bible. The Bible likes sheep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then, yeah, so he's like, okay, God wants you to go. And so they, like, go out to the city. Is it New York? Yes. And they go to New York to meet Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. And the dad doesn't like Vincent Price because he's rich. And he's all... Yeah. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. <laughs> Which is a bullshit point that you wrote in your notes. And it's ridiculous. No, no, listen. You can't cast Vincent Price in someone if you don't want to code them as gay. <laughs> okay. If you say so. We will talk about this later on. Uh, and so he doesn't like him, but Miranda does, because she's like, oh, he's so hot and, like, rich, and he might be my cousin, but that's whatever. I think she just liked, like, the wealth, and the... She liked the culture that wealthy people had, <laughs> which is understandable. They were cool, okay? <laughs> okay. It's, like, the way they behaved and, like, the opportunities that they had and just the way they seemed... From where she was standing, they seemed to be yeah. freer than she was on her little religious farm. Yes. And so she was so she's very like, yay. So she goes off to his house and she's looking after the kid. Mm-hmm. And his wife is there and his mm-hmm. wife is all like, I love sweets. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I loved her. She was very relatable as a character. But I think we weren't supposed to like her. I'm pretty sure we were supposed to hate her as an audience. Why? I didn't do anything. Women aren't supposed to like food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's meant to be really annoying. Uh, And so eventually she dies under mysterious circumstances and since we hated her Appar- apparently- I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and apparently she dies of acute gastritis from eating cake yeah so see that's what you get that's from what you get eating, eating cake, cake women yeah don't do that and shit. so we as the audience are supposed to be like oh good she's so annoying but then then like Vincent Price is like yo my wife just died wanna get married <laughs> literally like 10 minutes later it's not uh, a lot of time at all anyway as you um, do uh hey cuz want to come married <laughs> oh yeah they're cousins they are they are and, and she's like yeah they get married and then they're, they are married <laughs> that's the movie no uh, and vincent price is all being like broody and going up to the tower mysteriously and she's like ah. yeah she's not having a good time being married to him She talks about how, like, her and her mom talk about how she had a dream of what the situation would be and how the reality of any situation is never going to live up to your ideas of it. So her reality of the marriage, like, that day-to-day of that marriage was nothing like what she expected. Um, Uh, There's also a lot of stuff going on with, like, farmers because... Vincent Price is like an evil landlord who's like, this land is mine and if you have a farm on it, you need to give me money mm. because I said so. And the <laughs> farmers are like, that's fucked up. And he's like, die, poor people. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and then Miranda has this disabled Irish maid and he's like, ugh. And she's like, but I like her. She's cute. Uh, mm. Which we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. He's literally like, um, disabled people like disgust me. Oh, no, he says, um, there's something about God involved. Yeah, basically, he, th- I think, like, where it comes, he thinks that, like, people who are disabled should die. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, so he's like evil, classist, xenophobic, blah, 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 All ableist. Uh, and then we also find out, dot, 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 that he's an atheist. <laughs> Which, honestly, is the worst one. It's, uh, it's so it's shocking. The nail in the coffin. Um, yeah, and she's like, how could I marry an atheist? <laughs> um, there is, oh, what else is going on? Is there a ghost? There is a ghost. Was there? Was there not a hapsichord that there was There was. There was. Seriously. Um, curse of I can't remember who it was. It was someone in the family. I don't remember. It was like a distant relative of some sort, and she put she like I don't remember. Like she died for some reason, and before she died, she said that um, the house would fall eventually, and when it did, she would be there to play the harpsichord and laugh at. The people who are suffering. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember this exactly, but I remember there was a hapsichord that the ghost would play and people would like hear it and freak out. But only people with the family's yeah. blood would hear yeah. it, so yeah. not everyone. The Van Rins. The Van Rins. Uh, there is, what else is going on? There is, there isn't a hot pop here, but there's a hot doctor. There is a hot doctor, and this hot doctor is actually hot. <laughs> and he's not a cop, which helps. <laughs> 
The other guy also wasn't a cop. He was a detective. Uh, and what else happens? I'm completely blanking out. <laughs> Eventually, like, secrets are revealed. We find out first that Vincent Price is not only an atheist, but also a drug addict. Awful. Um, and then we find out that he killed his wife, which, like, isn't shocking. We knew this. <laughs> it's, like, confirmed. Um, and what else? Um, he killed his wife. He's a drug addict. And that's it. And then he goes into his, like, he goes into his, like, farm in the middle of the night and laments about his life and stuff. And then... Ugh, I hate being a rich white man. Yeah, it's so hard for me. <laughs> All my difficulties. And then everyone shows up. The doctor, um, Miranda, all the farm workers that uh, live on his land show up. And what ha- he, like, tries to shoot someone, doesn't he? I don't remember, but he <laughs> dies on a throne. Yeah, It's very cinematic. It is. And it's like, yay, works of the world unite. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. It would be great if we knew like what we were talking about. Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> anyway, let's skip forward to analysis. <laughs> that's it, that's the end. Uh, but then it's, it's Wait, how does he die? Like, what happens? I, he dies on the throne. It's very <laughs> dramatic. I don't know how he actually dies. I don't remember. He dies. It doesn't was matter. he in a fight? What's not? Doesn't matter. Did he get stabbed? Is he who I was thinking of? Might have. He's not like murdered though. It's like Are accidental. You sure? I'm pretty sure. It, yeah, but I think it was like an accidental murder. Yeah, I think like a manslaughter, maybe. Who knows? If you're listening <laughs> and you know maybe what the plot of Dragon Whip is, you um, can also do that. <laughs> please, please remind us. Anyway. Uh, it's, it's, oh yeah, and then do they actually get together or is it only implied that they will get together um, Miranda and the, the doctor. doctor? They set a date for like a week in the future and it's okay. very cute actually. Okay. Yeah, cool. So what do we have to say on this topic? Um, what are your notes? Since you love dun, dun, notes. Dun. Oh, I have read the book but I read it ages ago so I don't have a lot of comparisons to make. I, from what I remember, it's not hugely different because books and films are different media. They did have to leave some stuff out. <laughs> uh, for example, the book has a fun Edgar Allan Poe cameo where they go and visit him, uh, which I think helps establish this book within the canon of American Gothic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mostly just a fun fact. Um, then the end is different uh where where did i put how he dies he dies differently there the whole like very cool scene where he dies on the throne does not happen in the book in the oh here i have it from imdb in the original novel nicholas drowned in a vain rescue attempt after diving off a riverboat why was he on a boat rescuing who he oh yeah he redeems himself he's trying to rescue someone (laughs) <laughs> I wish I could remember but he redeems himself in like the last moment in the movie he doesn't but it's like cool yeah uh, so I prefer the movie what are your thoughts I mean I didn't read the book but I did enjoy the movie and I did like Vincent Price's character even though he's like the bad guy I thought he was cool you, you can like him as a bad guy yeah I liked yeah. him as a bad guy uh, but yeah what do you do you think that we should have had him redeem himself at the very end or are you happy with that I mean 
like it might just be personal preference but I don't like it when villains redeem themselves at the very end because it's like uh, I think it's boring but um, I think it depends I actually I we're gonna it depends we're gonna talk about Crimson Peak in a moment because I really I think it it compares well to this movie okay. uh, I think it's very inspired by this movie but anyway I think Crimson Peak does it pretty well with um, Loki <laughs> <laughs> Fucking name. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's character. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's the Mister God Loki in Crimson Peak. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Loki the God is in Crimson Peak. <laughs> uh, I I thought I thought that they did, I I like that in Crimson Peak. I mean, I think I just have a hard time believing that people can change that quickly. It's so not. I, I don't see. I don't see it so much as that. I think it's more. It shows the opportunity for change the possibility of change in the hypothetical future that's true but I always feel like people have had like lots of opportunities to change before that point no one will ever do villain redemption arcs as well as Avatar the Last (laughs) Airbender no one should fucking try anymore you're not Zuko (laughs) stop trying to be Zuko okay Uh, any other point yeah uh, that's all I have for comparison between book and movie. Did you have anything before I go into my notes? No. Cool. Uh, on the topic of Crimson Peak, there is a fun fact I have here. There is, there's some chairs in the movie. <laughs> there's some what chairs. What is with you and chairs? In the, in, in the house, there are chairs, and then those chairs, the props, also were used in Young Frankenstein and in Crimson Peak. Interesting. Yes. Crimson uh, Peak was a great movie. If you haven't seen Crimson Peak... It was. I'm actually going to shout out. I just saw a thread about it on Twitter today. I'm going to tell you who it was by. Uh, actually, no. If you want Twitter shoutouts, you have to pay us. No. Um, <laughs> at Head Exposure. What just made a thread about Crimson Peak and how it's very cool. It was so misunderstood when it came out. Like, nobody nobody got what it was trying to be. And everyone was like, eh, it's not scary. <laughs> it's, it's a good yeah. movie. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, anyway, I see most of my notes are comparison to Gaslight. And I don't want to do that right away. Oh, yeah. What do... Da-da-da. Oh, yeah. So what do we think... I guess I could also compare this to Gaslight, but I'll, I'll, I'll start talking about it with Dragonwick on its own. So Dragonwick is very much uh, taking the gothic genre. It sticks to it most clo- much more closely than Gaslight does. It, like, it has the same structure of your typical gothic romance. Uh, it has the same kind of characters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it even has the... There is a word for this particular like subgenre of the gothic where there, there's a sub- supernatural element... Uh, but then it is either debunked or it's just like not the focus but it has like the suggestion of the supernatural Uh, but it uses it then to talk about specific social issues that were relevant at the time in America Uh, this isn't to say that the gothic has ever been apolitical or has (laughs) never talked about social issues art is never apolitical nothing (laughs) is apolitical blah 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 but it's doing it like with a specific intention to talk about things that are like relevant right then Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is. As I mentioned, the book has a thing about Edgar Allan Poe, and I talk about the American Gothic. 
So this is like a specific American version of the Gothic and I think that should be taken into account when discussing it. We will talk about what it has to say about America in a second. First of all, I should point out neither me or Casey are American, despite what you might think from Casey's <laughs> accent. I don't sound American. I've never been to America. I've never don't, been to America. <laughs> don't yell at me if I say something about America that is incorrect. This is an outsider's perspective. Um, I will never say something about America that's incorrect because all of my opinions on America are 100% true and accurate. <laughs> So America, as we know, is a tiny country, like, in Asia. <laughs> like, barely even notice it. You probably haven't even heard of it before No, now. it's very obscure. Um, okay. What was I going to say? Yeah. So, I think what this basic, like, story is, is it's about the death of the European aristocracy to make mm. way for the American dream. Right. Uh, yeah. So, Vincent Price is a decadent, gay-coded European <laughs> aristocracy figure, and he's contrasted okay. with the hard-working American masculine men. Right. How is Vincent Price gay-coded? Vincent Other Price. Than just being Vincent Price. Was bisexual, in case you didn't know. And <laughs> um, he's just, like, he's he was always read as gay. Like, even before his daughter confirmed that he was bi, everyone just, like, was like, yeah, Vincent Price, he's gay, because they we just recognized him. Sure. One of our own. Um, he just, he, he does, he reads as gay. I mean, you could say that about a lot of people, and that doesn't necessarily mean... Oh, would you say it what, about? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the movie was trying to do, I guess. I don't think they were, in, it was intentional. I don't think the casting directors, like, sat down and were like, so, this Vincent Price guy, mm, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that will add some subtext to our movie. It'll be very interesting. I don't okay. think that's what was going on. But at least when I watch the movie, that is definitely a part of it. And, like, the way aristocracy has been viewed I think has always had this like decadent gay coded thing going on I think that's definitely part of it and I think that's part of like why they're bad because like he doesn't work he's like all weak and he just lounges around all day <laughs> while, people, while people do the work for him yeah. he's feminine he's like yeah and I think that's part of it and that's part of why he won't survive I think there's something here about whiteness and how for like whiteness to be created in America people had to give up their like specific European cultural identities so they're no longer just Dutch they are now white right I think there's like an undercurrent of that going on um da 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 do you think it demonizes addiction? It does. Okay. Fun. I mean, I feel like, I mean, like making the villain the drug addict, I feel like always kind of demonizes addiction because they're just pi- like, they're like piling on like things that just make you, like you make you as an audience are meant to hate him. And it very much is, like, it's not, it doesn't go anywhere, it's just, yeah, like... Yeah, it's kind of useless, like, oh, I just go up to, like, the attic to do drugs or whatever, anyway, like, it wasn't Yeah, and necessary. you go by very quickly, it's just another shocking thing that they throw in your yeah. face. It's like, he's an atheist and a drug addict. <laughs> Woo! 
Oh, let's talk about religion because this movie has some opinions about it religion. Does. Um, religion is, um, it's portrayed as like a very integral part of America, Americanness. America. Americanness. Um, yeah, like her dad is, like her whole family is extremely religious, but especially her dad, and it's kind of like where her morals are meant to come from, or where the morals of the narrative are meant to come from. I mean, I think, yeah, so I think in the beginning, it almost, like, mocks uh, her father for how religious he is. Like, she herself is kind of, like, mocking him for it, and so we're mocking him with her, and we're like, oh, he's so silly. But then, like, as she grows throughout it, her faith kind of, like, she hangs on to her faith, and so I think, yeah. Like I even read it as mocking from the start. I thought it. I thought she because when she says that like, God wants her to go, she doesn't really believe that. That's true, but I also felt like it was. I didn't think it was mocking religion so much as showing her like naivety as a young girl. Hmm. I think it was meant to portray how like, she, like she only cared about what she wanted, and she didn't really know that much about the world per se oh no definitely i think in the end that's what it ends up being but i think like at the the beginning we have to like agree with her and then the idea is like at the end of the movie we have both grown as people and now we know that god is good (laughs) (laughs) sure okay uh but also like if we like believe that god really like helped her open the bible and gave her a sign why does god want her to go (laughs) to vincent price and like I mean... What's up with that God? God wanted her to grow as a person. Totally. She learned a lot. Maybe he wanted her to, like, meet the doctor eventually. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, when he dies, he, she's gonna get money, right? So, yeah, it all works out. <laughs> God is actually helping her this the is, whole time. This was God's plan. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, da, da. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my notes... Oh, on the topic of him being a decadent gay-coded European aristocrat, Mm -hmm. he poisons his wife, and poison has always been seen seen as a feminine mode of murder, so I think that's another thing that shows him as, like, cowardly and lazy and feminine. That's right. Fun times. Uh, Why are you ignoring me? What are you doing? I'm not. They're not. Okay. Uh, And then, uh... I think Vincent Price is a good actor, and I think <laughs> that helps him. Uh, like, do you think he's a good actor, or do you think he's hot? Both. I think <laughs> I think he makes the villain a bit more three dimensional. I think he even brings like a touch of empathy occasionally. Like he's horrible, but you can see him as a person. Yeah. And I think that kind of even softens the way like. The, the treatment of addiction, I think it makes it a bit better, like, because yeah, of how he portrays it. So cartoonish, even though he was meant to represent literally every bad thing that could ever happen. Yeah, but, like, every bad thing that could ever happen isn't cartoonish. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so... Do you want to go into comparison? Maybe let's talk about Crimson Peak first. We have talked about Crimson Peak. I have you want to say about really. Crimson Peak. 
Uh, I wanted to say like how I think it's inspired like Dragon yeah. Wick. Yeah. Crimson. So we're comparing three movies in this one? Or I think we're comparing a few movies. Okay. Uh, we did mention Twilight earlier. Yeah. Oh, how is Dragon Wick like Twilight? <laughs> is it? it has um, to be. Does it have to be? How is Dragon Wick like Twilight? Well, we'll find we'll find something. I mean, the like rich um, family kidnapping the regular American girl there is a go. common theme. Oh, and Carlisle is like English, so there you go. <laughs> decadent European aristocrat. <laughs> oh, also. <laughs> Like, comment somewhere, tweet me, tweet at me, at Casey Nosa, if you think Carla from Twilight was hot, because he was, and I'm the only person who thinks so. A lot of people think Carla from Twilight was hot, I I just don't think he was hot. No, nobody has ever agreed with me. Well, I've seen a lot of people say that. If you think that, let me know, I want to find my people. Okay, anyway, (laughs) Crimson Peak, Uh, both Crimson Peak and Dragonwick are kind of doing the same thing, in that they are taking the gothic genre and they are making it new and using it to talk about the present era even though Crimson Peak is very much set in the past it still has a very modern sensitivity mm-hmm. yes and they're both pretty American even though a good chunk of Crimson Peak takes place in the UK and, it, and its villains are English the story it's telling is very American the protagonist is American the hot doctor is American <laughs> and there is a hot doctor as there is in Dragonwick Interesting. I don't remember the hot doctor from Crimson Peak. Well, I, I, is he hot? He's meant to be hot. <laughs> he's the guy. He's like Australian in real life, but he's American in Crimson Peak. He was in Pacific Rim. I hope that's the same guy. I can't tell blonde people apart. I think it's the same guy. Listen, every blonde white man is exactly the well, same. <laughs> he's a blonde white man. He's one of those. Uh, yes. And I think both of them kind of tell the story of the European aristocracy not being able to keep up the modern American world. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So are we comparing them? Oh, we're, we're now comparing Gaslight and Dragonwick. Okay. Would you like to begin? No. Wow. <laughs> Do you have one that you preferred? Um, I think I liked Gaslight more mm-hmm. because I love stories about awful things and stories about abuse because I think it's very interesting. I I love abuse. I love trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I love trauma. All art. Women being abused. Yeah, all art should be about trauma. I mean, you could argue that it is. It is. She is great. Uh, I think the main difference is Gaslight, like both of them are talking about modern issues and stuff, but Gaslight is very much focused on the individual and on her like feelings, whereas Dragonwick has like this greater scope of American society and all of the issues that were going on. Yeah. In theory. It does. I mean, there's like only white people in the movie somehow, (laughs) but it's all of the American issues. All of them. It is all of the American issues. But, um, yeah, what else? Um, yeah, that that is a difference. 
So both of the, I, I talked about how Dragonwick sticks closer to the gothic genre, but both of them are using the gothic genre, which like by the 30s and 40s was very well established. Everyone was familiar with it as we are now, even if you don't think you are. Um, and so they're like rejigging it. <laughs> is that a word? It is now, yeah. Okay. They are, yeah, they're using it in fun new ways. Like? To talk about things that are relevant to people now in the 40s. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Uh, da, da, da. Do you have a favorite? I also prefer Gossip. I, I just think it is a better movie. Okay. And I do like movies that focus on emotions and characters rather than plot. I don't yeah. Know, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Dragon Wick is fun to think about and Vincent Price <laughs> is in it. Okay, the main connection between these two movies is Vincent Price. Is it? It is. Okay, how is it? So, Vincent Price, okay, I have some like... A, information from Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography, which is a book about Vincent Price by his daughter, Shocking. which I haven't, I haven't finished, but I've read like <laughs> half of it. Uh, I will finish it one day. In it, she talks about his career, and he, Vincent saw the play in London, the, the play Gaslight, which I believe at the time was called Angel Street. Okay. What do you think of that name change? I like Gaslight better. Yeah. <laughs> Was Angel Street like meant to be the street they lived on? Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't tell you much about anything. Yeah, I think Gaslight. Like obviously, the term didn't exist, but Gaslight. Like you hear that, and, it, and it's, it's more intriguing. Yeah, it's, it's like what's lovely. going on with yeah. the Gaslight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder. Yeah. Uh, and Angel Street, like sure, it might take place there, but like that doesn't tell you anything no, about anything. Do anyway, Vincent. Lot. Vincent saw the play London, and he was like, "This is a great play. I I wonder if it will move to Broadway." That would be cool. <laughs> and then... Yeah, and then he wanted to be in it when it moved to Broadway. And he was! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and he played the evil villain in it. And then, according to the book, he felt that he had found his stride. He loved being a villain. He was then in the movie Shock, which is not a very good movie, but it played up his Angel Street persona as like this evil dude. And if you know anything about Vincent Price, you will know that he obviously went on to play pretty much exclusively villains in like that's so interesting that that was the start of Vincent Price's whole thing. Yeah, Dragonwick was before his whole thing when he was known to be like villain in shocky horror movies, but it is a similar kind of role, and he wanted it because it was the similar kind of role he thought doing something similar on screen would boost his career and I mean I guess he was right (laughs) Uh, but he he apparently had to fight for the role because his villain persona wasn't as established at the time in the in like the movies he was in he was apparently viewed as being good-natured apparently because he was in Laura before this and they thought he was good-natured in Laura and so no one would see him as a villain but I find that bizarre because I thought he was really (laughs) creepy in Laura (laughs) he was like really misogynistic and like weird yeah but it was also like the 40s he's a good guy (laughs) everyone was misogynistic but yeah so he had to fight for the role and show that he could be this evil guy and I think he did a great job so there's a connection between those two movies and Vincent Price 
hot <laughs> and cool. Vincent Price, okay. When he has a beard, he is hot. When he doesn't have a beard, he is I think I've seen people go on about how he was really pretty when he was young, and he is, but I think he was very hot at her when he was a bit older. That's like, bullshit. Like forties, um, fifties was his prime. If you say so. Uh, no, he was way hotter when he was younger. No. What are you talking it's about? Not, it's not even about like you Ridiculous. can't look. You can't look at a, a picture of Vincent Price and decide whether or not he was hot. You have to see him. No, in I only think he's hot with facial You have hair. to hear his voice. His voice is the important. Okay, thing. you can think someone's voice is attractive, and that person still might not be hot. No, but I think he is. I think the whole package is hot. Okay, sure. When he moves around, he's hot. <laughs> um. But anyway, it also the main problem with Dragonwick is that even though it's like critical of like this particular type of rich white man, it's also like other American white people are great. <laughs> <laughs> they are the true heroes. America belongs to them. I mean, okay, but to be fair, that is what people like thought and also still do think. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, I suppose you can only be so progressive from where you are standing. Yeah. But anyway, we don't think that's a problem for the gothic genre in general, then we decided, only for this particular movie. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if you have any cool, like, suggestions for progressive, like, uses of the gothic genre, genre please recommend them. Especially, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, da Yes. Is that it? No. We were going to talk about <laughs> class and we didn't really. So both of them that talk about like servants and in yeah. both of them we see a difference in how the wife and the husband treat their servants and it serves as a marker for other things. What do we think? I mean, in Gaslight, mm-hmm. the like Gregory is very comfortable like bossing them around and like treating them as just servants and nothing else mm-hmm. while Paula wanted to treat them as people even though they like people who worked for her even though they were like I don't know if she wanted to treat them as people I think in a way he treated them more as people because he starts talking to like Angela Langsbury like about her life at one point I mean and he says it's because that's but, what she wanted to do but she doesn't like she doesn't want to talk to him at all but also wasn't that like kind of just because he wanted to fuck her like oh yeah I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like he was um kind of just being like manipulative then also see I would argue that I don't think anyone here really like is a great example of like I mean, I don't think having servants is good at all. It's not about how know, you treat like, them. People in the 1940s fucking had servants. Like, everyone had servants. But I think, no, I think there's, like, an argument to be made that Paula's, like, paranoia is partly to do with class and, like, class guilt. That's an interesting point to expand on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Okay. I think she's one of those people that feels guilty about her position but doesn't want to do anything about it. 
and it manifests as this sort of paranoia even though she kind of turns out to be right because like the her servant does want to fuck her husband mm-hmm. and like is out to get her but like she, i think part of why she thinks that is out of class guilt that's true but like at the same time would she I guess you could say she could just not have servants, but like that's just not she how she like, could just not have. I servants. know, but like that's just not how like people like lived back then. <laughs> everyone had like I don't think everyone had servants. Okay, but if you're rich, you had to have servants, yeah. and that's just like how it was. Of course. Um, and similarly, or I think more so in Dragonwick, I don't love the way she is about Peggy. Like she treats her as like a reward. She's like, I want to keep her. She's yeah. She's a little like toy for her to keep around. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's easy to say the way that um Vince's Price's Vincent Price's character treats her as fucking like awful. Cause it it's, is like, obviously <laughs> awful, but the way. Um, she treats her as also kind of like it's so it's like kind of gross it's like very patronizing and very like she's this thing that I get to keep because I'm like a good person or whatever do we want to talk about the history of Irish maids in film because that was a big (laughs) thing back in the day but not anymore because yeah yeah lots of history I don't know that's it okay Irish maids were like a big thing and they were very controversial I mean, why, like, why were they controversial? Like, like Irish, Irish people were like, no, we want to be white and, like, evil <laughs> as well. <laughs> I mean, that's understandable. And then that's what happened. The end. They succeeded. Yay! Good for them. The Yay, American, American dream. A success story. <laughs> Gaslight wins. I like it better. <laughs> oh, wins. Uh, apart from that, just from watching both of these movies, what do you think we took away? Um, don't have servants. Yeah. And um, Americans in all forms are bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't marry your cousin. Don't marry your cousin, maybe, is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't um marry anyone because maybe they'll gaslight you that's true that's true i think you just avoid people definitely hide your valuables in dresses and stuff for like the drama it was so it was amazing the drama the like very iconic love that yeah uh cops are bad detectives are good though no they are not (laughs) Uh, oh, I wanted to mention the guy that plays him is like a guy that was in Citizen Kane, and I had oh I saw I like read his character in Citizen Kane is gay, but I don't think anyone else ever has. So if you also <laughs> did, please let me know because I want to know if I'm projecting or if I'm reading something. I'm in gonna here. take a wild guess here and say you're projecting. No, no, no. Listen, I have a whole thing about Citizen Kane and his right. character, and it was it was it was a thing. Sure. Yeah. Citizen Kane's fun. It's like, don't let, like, straight white guys into fooling you into thinking it's, like, a bad movie that straight white guys like. It's, like, a good movie. Are you sure? It is, it is. A lot of straight white guys who like, like, Tarantino movies also like Citizen No, but it's, it's, it's a good movie. Okay. I'll consider watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like, the best movie in the world, in my opinion, but it's a good movie. What is the best movie in the world? Twilight. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Uh, I want people to know that I am joking. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I don't know why you're lying. It's your podcast. You're allowed to like Twilight. Uh, 
Yeah, we were saying something else. Have we learned anything? Have you learned anything? What did you learn? Um, oh, I didn't say something really fun about Gaslight what? that I learned when I was like looking for fun facts. Uh, apparently, let me find it so I can actually read it to you. It's to do with the set design for the 1944 movie. Apparently, it was made to look like cluttered on, on purpose like all the time, so you would feel the claustrophobia. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was fun. That's what I learned. Did you learn anything? No. Cool. <laughs> okay, uh, if anyone has any suggestions for more movies we should cover, if you liked what we did today or really hated it, let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> uh, let us know if you, if you preferred when we talk about one movie or contrast two or more movies. Let us know if you want to hear about more old movies that no one has watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you agree that Vincent Price is hot, like a reasonable person, Okay, tell Send us. Send me a message. <laughs> tell us whether you prefer old Vincent Price or young Vincent Price. Oh yeah, that's very. There is a right answer. There is. Yeah. 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 There is. Yeah. 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 There is. <laughs> okay, and yeah, that's all we have to say. Cool. See you at some. At some point. point. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will be uploading though, so watch out for that. Okay. Oh wait, you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Do follow us on Twitter. I'm at Casey Nosa. I'm at Cosmic Jellies. Ridiculous. Yes. Cool. And we have an email that I can't remember. If you have any comments, questions, and if you don't have a Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. All of this and more will be in the show notes. Goodbye. <laughs>